How y'all doing? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Thursday Turf Talk today, here uh, this Thursday evening when you're tuning in. Hopefully getting it in before the Thursday night football game that we have on the slate of the Tampa Bay Bucks at the Buffalo Bills to open week eight of the NFL. But before that, um, we're going to give you all, all of our picks for the big games in college football week nine and then every game of the NFL week eight. Um, of course, capping it off with a rookie watch where we each look at and break down a defensive and offensive rookie um, that has just performed well. Some perform how expected, some overperform. Um, we're not really going to get into too much of guys that underperform. Um, but first, we'll recap our records here. So across college football, um, Brady is 30 and 14. I'm 31 and 13. So one game up. Um, I think last week we uh, we differed on the what was it? Ohio State, Penn State, and that that was Correct. the difference. So yeah, that was a. We normally don't differ on college games, um, but nonetheless, I am a game up in that. You got I need one to catch this week up. too. You right. got one this week, so we'll see. Yeah, I know. Two weeks ago, I was ten games back overall, and last week I was seven. So I'm I'm slowly getting back. But in the NFL, um, Brady's still seven games up, 69 and 37 against my 62 and 44. So overall, he's at 99 and 51, and I'm 93 and 57. So six games back, climbing back a game at a time. Um, but yeah, both of us had really bad weeks in the NFL um, this past week. I think we both went, or I went five and 13, no, five and 12. I think you went five and 12 as well, if I if that sounds right. Um, so yeah, both had rough weeks last week. I know a lot of teams. Just looking back at the slate real quick, um, I think the Bills at Patriots, I mean, I don't think the Pats would win that. Commanders-Giants was kind of a toss-up, but we both went with the Commanders who lost. Raiders at Bears, uh, we didn't think the Bears would play really well with Tyler Bagent. Um, Falcons at Bucks was a toss-up, but the Falcons won it. We went with the Bucks. Steelers-Rams, uh, we went with the Rams. Steelers had a big-time controversial win on the road. Um, Broncos beat the Packers, which we didn't predict, and then... I picked the Dolphins to beat the Eagles, which didn't happen. So um, kind of a rough week for us. A lot of close spreads last week. We should. I mean, there's some close spreads this week as well, but we should um, both have much better weeks than last week. Hopefully at least 10, 11 wins in our picks. But I'll let you get it kicked off with our week nine slate of college football. First of all, with the game of the week. I will say a lot of, a lot of upsets last week in the NFL. I mean, I remember saying I feel like it would be chalk and then. Of course, it's not chalk, so that's just naturally how it goes. But, yeah, game of the week this week, I assume game day is in Salt Lake City, right? I assume they're there. Probably. Uh, number eight, Oregon, traveling to Salt Lake City, Utah, to take on the number 13 overall Utah Utes, coming off a big win against USC last week. Oregon favored by six and a half on the road. I'm going to take Oregon to win and the Ducks to cover that spread. They look really good. They gave that one away to, to Washington. Um, both those teams, it'll be an epic rematch in the, in the Pac-12 title game, I think, in Las Vegas. Uh, down in December, December. Yeah. It's the first week in December, last week in November, but yeah, first week of December. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think this is a big one for Oregon. This is a big road test. Um, so we'll see. I, I think they just look better from an offensive standpoint. Still no cam rising. I don't feel like Utah has a ton of an identity still. I know they beat USC last week, but that USC defense is terrible. Um, they ran the ball pretty well, but not going to be as easy sledding against Oregon, I don't think. And while I think Washington probably put some things on display that are going to help, kind of teams kind of figure out offensively what to do against the Oregon defense, I still think, number one, Dan Lanning's bunch is really talented on defense. And two, not everyone is Washington offensively. In fact, nobody is. They're the best offense in college football. So not everyone has you know, two or three freaks on the edges at receiver and, and a quarterback that can throw it all over the football field. So, um, And a really good offensive line. So I think... You know, I don't know if Utah can match that. I certainly they can't. So I'm going to go with Oregon to win, Ducks to cover on the road here and uh, get a big road win and really solidify themselves as a one-loss team that could get into the playoff. Yeah, I mean, this the game of the week, college game day, is going to be there. Um, it just seems like they're following wherever Oregon's going on the road. I think this is the second or third, at least the second, might be the third game as they um, were in Washington for the Oregon-Washington game. So, um yeah, I mean, they've been following Oregon, rightfully so. Oregon's played 
really well, really consistent, I think, is the main thing. You look at them, and they lost at the end of the game to Washington, um, which was big and kind of hurt them. But overall, um, they beat Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech really lost that game. I don't know if Oregon did a ton to win it. They just played a mistake-free football game, and a lot of the times you'll come out on top even without playing your best. But unfortunately for Tech, uh, they lost that one close. I mean, what's new? But Oregon-Utah, we are split on this one. I'm going with Utah to win it. Um, Utah just plays well at home. Um, it's a good environment. And I know obviously there's going to be some Oregon fans there. Um, I'm sure a lot of Oregon's fans live in that area or if not making the trip from Oregon. Um, but I'm going for Utah to win and obviously cover the six and a half point spread. I just like what they're doing. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game, similar to the Oregon Washington game. And I just, I'm going to take Utah at home and, uh, Oregon to take their second loss. But I mean, really excited for this game. I don't know what to expect. The Pac-12 has kind of been up in the air this year, and we've had this. This would be a teams. classic. I was gonna say this would be a classic Pac-12 cannibalizes itself game. Right. They've done this for years since the playoff was was kind of a thing. Is you have a Stanford that was really good a couple of years ago, a Washington that was really good a while back, an Oregon. Uh, I mean, you held USC last year, where it's like. I mean, should you look at Utah in 2020 or in 2021 too? Like, these teams are really good, and they come out and they cannibalize themselves because they drop a road game, or they drop, you know, like I, I think Oregon lost. Um, I mean, there would have been an argument for them to get the playoff when during Herbert's senior year in 2020, um, or in 2019, they lost like a home, they lost like a road game on like a Friday to Arizona, and they were terrible. So it was like that's a game that like the Pac-12 just does this. This would be a great example of that, where that happens this week. Right. I mean, I feel like right now the Pac-12's only hope for the playoff is if Washington wins out. I don't know if a one-loss Pac-12 team gets in. I mean, obviously it's going to depend on what the other conferences look like. Depends on, probably um, depends on the ACC. Right. Depends on we'll the ACC. Yeah. Our next game is an ACC matchup. Two teams that you wouldn't really expect to be a big game, but nonetheless a ranked matchup. 20 Duke at 18 Louisville. Uh, a couple basketball schools coming around. Um on the football scene, although Duke's been good for a few years. Louisville's favored by four. Um, I'm going with Louisville to win and cover. I know they've kind of been underrated team throughout the year. Uh, they've played really consistently. Not a not an easy schedule either. Um, hence, I mean, a ranked game here. Um, underrated environment, too, in Kentucky. Um, seen a few videos. Obviously, haven't been there, but seen a few videos, and it looks legit. Um, you know, the fans are buying in the culture. Culture looks real there, and so should be an exciting matchup. ACC, you know, a big ACC game. We don't really have a ton of those this year, um, just the way the schedule shakes out. I guess if you include Notre Dame, we do, but um, not this year overall, but I'm going with Louisville to win and cover and keep their keep their streak going. This is tough because I think if Riley Leonard plays, I might take Duke. I just don't think Riley Leonard's going to be able to play this week. He got really right. hurt last week for this, what, I felt like the third week in a row he got banged up late in the game. And credit to the kid. I mean, he 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 took it took everything in him to not go back out there. And I think that, I mean, he was pleading with, I'm going to forget their head coach's name. He's awesome, though. But, I mean, pleading with him, pleading with the medical staff to let him go back in the game. I ended up winning the game. But, like I said, a lot, all the credit to Riley Leonard in the world. But I don't know if they're going to put him back out there this week if he's not healthy. I know they're they're going to need him, but. Um, if he's not going to play, which I don't think he's going to, also I haven't looked today, but, um, assuming he isn't going to play, I'm going to take Louisville to win and cover the four. Now, if Riley Leonard does play and I won't change my pick, cause that's something Louisville could win if he plays. I do think they, they cover if, if he plays though. And I think that Duke could very well get a road, a really big road win. If he plays, I just, I just don't think he's going to be able to play this week. Or if he does, I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent to play. So that's kind of why I'm going with Louisville to win and cover in an ACC matchup here. Um, in kind of a, an ACC that, that got real interesting this week with North Carolina losing to Virginia at home last week. Kind of felt like we were going to set up for Florida State and UNC to play in a couple of weeks and have this like, man, whoever whoever wins the driver's seat to the college football playoff. And now Florida State has looked rocky. They should have lost to Clemson. And you've got this, this North Carolina team that drops a game they shouldn't have lost to Virginia. So real interesting in the ACC. Now I think we could see Duke or Louisville maybe sneak up. Be a one law, one conference loss team get into the get into the championship game and then uh, make a New Year's Six Bowl in an upset. So curious to see here who kind of comes out on top and puts themselves in the driver's seat to play spoiler to Florida State later on in the year. 
Uh, next one here, ICC matchup, number 21, Tennessee at number – or at number uh, unranked Kentucky. Tennessee favored by four on the road. Uh, going to take Tennessee to win, Tennessee to cover the four. I think this is one of the games you picked, right? We only have two ranked matchups. Yes. Week. We each picked yep. two games. Yeah, I picked Tennessee to win, Tennessee to cover. I was very unimpressed in, with Kentucky in the games that I've watched there this year. Um, feels like I've been unimpressed with Kentucky for two or three years now. So, um, yeah, it, it just I expected more from them against Georgia. They looked pitiful. Um, and I think Tennessee bounced, coming back, bounced back off a uh, tough loss last week. So I'm going to take them to win uh, on the road this week. Yeah, I like it. Obviously, our college slate, um, a little bit different this week with only two ranked matchups being the Pac-12 and the ACC games that we just covered. But uh, we're going through six games this week since Tech also has a bye week. Um, we did, of course, all the ranked matchups, and then we each picked a couple games. This is one that I picked, easy pick for me, um, not only because it was a close spread, but just Tennessee-Kentucky. Obviously, Kentucky was ranked, uh, just dropped out of the rankings a couple weeks ago. Um, picking Tennessee to win, but Kentucky to cover. Obviously, it's a four-point spread. Um, not likely that they cover, but I just think they will because um, they're at home, which is another underrated environment. In Tennessee, they looked bad in the second half. Not bad, but poor in the second half across multiple games this season, hence even last week against Alabama where they got outscored, like, what, 27 nothing, and lost. Um, but Tennessee still in the rankings here at 21. Need to win this one to stay in as well. So I'm picking them to win, stay in the rankings, probably moving to the top 20. Uh, but I'm picking Kentucky to cover, which should be a close game. 11, Oregon State at Arizona, going back west for the Pac-12. Oregon State's fared by three and a half. I'm going to go with them to win and cover. Um, I don't think this really should be that close. I guess they're just considering that Oregon State is on the road and having to travel to Arizona. I'm not sure how good the environment is down there, but still picking Oregon State. They've just looked pretty consistent again, um, slowly climbing up the rankings. Hadn't really looked bad at all at any point this year. No really down games per se. Um, you know, they look fairly consistent, slightly outplayed here and there, but um, picking them to win, they should win by 10, um, 10 to 20, honestly. Um, so three and a half point spread was a little confusing, but maybe they know something I don't. Um, but yeah, going with Oregon State in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon State, Oregon State to win as well on the road here. Cover. They've been really good this year. Their defense has been solid. DJ, DJ Uyunglele has been playing complimentary football, which I think is all they're really asking of him, which is... Again, props to him for doing that, not turning the ball over as much. Um, I, I don't get the three-and-a-half-point spread either. Um, <laughs> like, it's not like Tucson is a, is this elite college football environment, and they're also terrible. They're not good, so right. I don't get it. I'm taking Oregon State to win and, and win big. I'm talking like two scores plus. I will correct myself. Uh, it was last week. Duke lost last week to Florida State. But I, I do something they could play spoiler if they win this game. They just need to go, you know, beat them later on in the year. But uh, I don't want to correct myself that they lost last week. They beat NC State two weeks prior, but they did lose last week. I'll correct myself there. Um, next one here, Ohio State at Wisconsin, a Big 12 or Big 10 matchup. Ohio State favored by 14 and a half on the road. I, I picked this one because I thought, number one, I do think Ohio State's going to win and cover the 14 and a half. The Wisconsin passing game has been terrible. That said, if the Wisconsin offensive line can have a good day, which I don't, I don't know if they can, but if they can have a good, if they can play their best game of the year up front, I could see them taking the air out of the ball and making this a tight game with Braylon Allen and kind of the rest of the running back stable that they've got there because of the fact that I'm still not impressed with Kyle McCord. I know he had a, he, had a, he played well last week. He made some questionable decisions, one that should have lost him the game when I mean, he got bailed. I would say he got bailed out, but like the team got bailed out with that with that defensive holding on Kalen King, which was probably the right call. I'm not going to complain about the call, but throw the ball away. He's made some questionable decisions this year, and I think if if Wisconsin can force a couple turnovers early, take the air to the ball, keep that offense off the field, I could see them maybe getting an upset. There's always a game in the Big Ten. Every every Big Ten team plays one each year. I think Michigan's was against Illinois last year, where they just don't they just come out and don't play well. They come out flat. They don't play well. Looking forward to next week. I don't know what it is. Um, this could be one of those games for Ohio State coming off a big win at home against Penn State. Maybe they go into Wisconsin a little bit, a little bit drowsy. I don't know. I just think this is an interesting one. Luke Fickle's got a good bunch though that they play hard. So thought that maybe this one be a good upset. Again, it's not a great week for college football. Thought I'd throw a Big Ten matchup up there and maybe see if Braylon Allen can't uh, can't go for a career day against Ohio State this week. Unlikely, but you know, 
Let's right. just play devil's advocate. No, yeah, there's definitely some good matchups to look for in this one. Um, I think this could be a sneaky game. Now, sneaky, I mean, within two scores. Um, you know, Ohio State shouldn't have a problem winning this one. Obviously, I agree with you. Um, Kyle McCord hasn't really been really impressive. It's kind of like the whole um, – eh, I won't compare it to that. But he has – No, no, go for it. No, no, go for it. No, it, it doesn't really make sense. But he has certain traits that make him a projectable player. It just doesn't seem like on a consistent basis he's making the plays needed to win. Agreed. Excluding the pieces that he has because – Obviously, when you have the personnel you have, um, you know, one of the best running backs, the best receiver, two other good receivers, and, you know, two first-round pick receivers at that. But, oh, yeah, and a top tight end. It's like you can't really go th- that hey, People much. sleep on Cade Stover. He's nice. He's people nice, sleep on yeah. him. He's nice. You can't really go wrong regardless of who you put back there unless they're, like, throwing the ball straight to the other team. McCord's done enough to win games. Clearly, they're ranked three. They haven't lost. Um, they're in prime position, coming up on a big matchup against Michigan. Um, they're in prime position to make the playoff, and they just have to do their job. And I don't know if McCord's going to come through, and I don't know if the the offense is going to be able to do enough, as great as their defense could play um, at their peak, which is why I think this game really isn't going to be that much of a blowout. Um, a lot of the time this year as well, Ohio State's had problems getting a fat, getting off to a fast start. Uh, we saw it against Penn State. We saw it against Maryland. Um, I think one other time that I'm forgetting, but I don't know if Wisconsin is just going to match up skill-wise, talent-wise. Um, so I'm going with Ohio State, probably 15 to 20 uh, point differential. I will say on this, I'll, I'll give Colin McCord credit for the last the last drive of the Notre Dame game. He got it done great. But I just, it, it feels like they are, he's in, it feels like, okay, for example, Quinn Ewers is out this week for Texas. Malik, Malik Murphy's playing, which we can talk about whether it should be Arch or not. Malik went in last week. They feel like he's more ready, ready to play, been on offense longer, whatever. That's fine. He probably brings them more in the running game too. So that's whatever. I can get over that. But it feels like Texas should be okay because it shouldn't matter who's a quarterback for them because they're so talented literally everywhere else they have two they have two potential you know top 50 pick receivers get a really good tight end a really good running back they've they've had a great offensive line all year and they've got a wide receiver three jordan whittington who's been in that program for four or five years now they should be okay regardless of who's at quarterback because i don't think quinn ewers is the thought is the straw that stirs the drink there i think it is the just immense talent especially on the edges of ad mitchell and xavier worthy those guys are freaks so I, this is a very similar situation where it feels like I think Igbuka should be good to go this week. I, I assume Trayvon Henderson plays. Yeah. And, and this isn't really one of those games. But like last week's one of those weeks where it just feels like if you just get Marvin Harrison, you do the ball and they did, it's going to work. Um, I will say Michigan's going to boat race that team. They're going to dog walk Ohio State. They should. You right they now. should. In, in, Mich- in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I, I'm just so unimpressed. With the offensive the offensive play outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. and they've got a lot of great weapons. Demikai Buk is awesome. I said I just had I just talked about how I like kids over a lot, but dog that Michigan team, hey, they might know what's coming, but they're yeah. really good. They they right. execute. That's the thing. I I think they're going to dog walk Ohio State because they execute and they will see the best corner they're going to see all year in Will Johnson in that that game. I know Kalen King's really good. He had a tough week. They're gonna see their best their best corner they're gonna see all year. So Yeah, I mean it obviously looking down the line at that big game. Yeah, I know um, as I know we're looking ahead. Be, I just wanted to make that statement right. now. Should be should be a fun one. Um a ton of good matchups in there as well, similar to you know, last week with Penn State. Um yeah, just look for guys to play their best on the biggest stage. And we saw that from a few guys, obviously Ohio State kind of force feeding. Marvin Harrison um, last week in some parts, but um, you know, Penn state guys, chop Robinson got hurt. Um, Kalen King, like you said, didn't really play great, um, but they didn't do a ton to help him either. And I mean, Ohio state played really well. JT to had a big game. Um, He looks just, he looks like a promising high, high floor guy at the next level. So, um, you know, we'll get into that obviously in the off season, but, 
there's a ton of matchups to look for every week. Um, we just kind of talk about a few of them, but closing it out, the college slate here, and then we'll go through the NFL. We got a couple um, Pac-12 games. We got a ACC, got a Big Ten, got an SEC. So we're giving love to the Big 12 here. With Tech having the week off, um, probably the best matchup in the Big 12 this week is number six, Oklahoma, playing against Kansas in Lawrence. OU's favored by 10. I know UT just went to Lawrence and won by a good margin, and I think OU should do the same. Um, You know, I was pondering kind of – I was in between picking who I wanted to cover, and I ultimately went with Oklahoma to win by more than 10, Uh, pretty much because, I mean, similar to Oregon State, Oklahoma's been really consistent. I mean, that game against UT was kind of back and forth, uh, but they still played well. They've played well every week. Another team that really hasn't have a, had a down week, and I don't know if they will um, until the Big 12 championship game, presumably, that they'll be playing in. Um, and I think they should win this pretty handily um, by at least two scores. We'll see how it goes, though. Kansas, it seems like they can always give good teams a run for their money any week. So we'll see We'll see how it goes, but I'm picking OU to win big here. I think OU to win on paper. I'd take them to cover the 10. But traditionally especially last year, Kansas plays them really tight, man. They play them really tight. I don't know what it is, but they play them tight. So I I think I think Kansas covers the 10 because I think we can see a late score from Kansas, maybe in garbage time. They're down, you know, 14 points and they score a touchdown or they're down, you know, 17, they score a touchdown. They're down 13, they score a touchdown, whatever it might be. And they cover the 10 just, again, because they play them really well at home. And I, I mean, obviously, Lawrence is probably the best, probably the best college basketball environment in the country. They are a sneaky college football place to go play. I, I guess Lawrence is a, not an easy place to play football. So especially the last two years, I mean, no, prior to that, it's been terrible. But they've got something cooking there with the fan base. They're really bought in. So, again, nothing about this on paper tells you that they're going to cover other than just the fact that I think they're going to based upon the fact that they're just playing well. It's a, it's a it's a gut feel for me. It's why that's why I picked this game. Thought it'd be competitive. Again, Oklahoma could very well go out and beat them by three scores. That wouldn't shock me at all. Beat them by 28 points. But there's just a part of me that thinks that Kansas is going to cover. So I'm going to take it. Um, pick the other side of the spread here. That wraps up our college football slate. We will move on to our NFL slate for this week. Uh, first matchup of the week: Buccaneers at Bills. Bills favored by nine on the road. Going to take the Bills to win and cover the nine. Uh, I just don't think they're going to build. I don't think the Bucs will be able to hang offensively. Big bounce back week for the Bills offense, and did they get right? You, you get the vibe. Right. No, I, I completely agree. I think this could be a big bounce back week for the Bills. Uh, but the Bucs have played well. Um, they're a team that's leading the division right now. They've been surprisingly good, surprisingly consistent. Um, they look like a well-coached team. Um, you know, the talent they have, they really shouldn't be playing that great, but they are. Um, you know, going out to Buffalo is tough, and I thought Buffalo could have a bounce-back game this week. But I thought that last week. I mean, they barely beat the Giants. They come in last week, and they lose to the Patriots. Granted, it was um, the Patriots were home, but still, it's like, I don't know if the Bills have a bounce back game in them per se because they just their defense is torn to shreds right now. I, granted, there are a couple big injuries, but they still have not been able to do much. Uh, they just played pretty poor offenses over the last three weeks. Granted, the Giants, the Pats, and now the Bucks. So um, probably still not going to be a whole lot to take away from this game, even if the Bills win big. But I am picking the Bills to win. I'm just picking Tampa Bay to cover and make it a one score game. Going down the line, Pats at Dolphins. Um, team that just played the Bills and a team that's going to play the Bills next, I believe, and the Dolphins. Um, I went with the Dolphins to win and cover a nine-point spread. Pretty big spread for a divisional matchup. Nonetheless, it's in Miami, um, and I'd probably pick the pass to cover if it was in New England. But the Bills play well – or, excuse me, the Dolphins play well at home, and I'm picking them to win and cover. Um, should win by two-plus scores. Yeah, I'm gonna go Dolphins to win, Dolphins to cover. This Pats offense, again, despite the, the whatever went, whatever happened last week in New England, I couldn't tell you, but um, they're they're putrid. So give me the Dolphins to win, and cover in an easy one, in an easy one. Jets at Giants, little uh, little MetLife MetLife Stadium rivalry game here. Uh, Jets favored by three, quote on the road. This is basically neutral site. Um, gonna take the Jets to win and cover. Again, the Giants had a good week last week. Tyrod Taylor appears to be a better player in that offense than Daniel Jones, which 
take it up with the front office if you'd like. That said, I think the Jets win. Get a, I mean, again, three-point spread's pretty tight and pick, kind of picking a winner here. Um, I think the Jets' defense gets it done, though. They're, they've been really, really good all year. I don't, I don't think the Giants are going to have an answer for what they're going to do off the, uh, defensively. So. All right, now I, I agree with you. I picked the Jets to win by more than three. Um, like you said, neutral site, kind of interesting. Feels like this game happens every other year. But, um, yeah, the Jets get a home game without it being an actual home game. So kind of kind of unfortunate for the Giants being the home team in this scenario. But um, hopefully it's close. I just don't think it will be. Like you said, I think the Jets are going to be too much to handle for the Giants. Moving on to a big AFC matchup, underrated, um, with Brock Purdy possibly being out for the 49ers we still don't know uh this is probably the game of the week to be honest the jags at steelers jags are favored by two and a half and i'm picking the jags to win and cover i just don't think the steelers are going to be able to consistently come out on top in these final minute victories where um they get a call go their way or they get a turnover and cam hayward returned to practice today which is big but he's not going to be playing this week and the Jags have looked really consistent, really solid, um, slowly climbing their way up the um, standings. And I just I think they're going to come out on top, even in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, they've looked good. Yeah, Jags to win, Jags to cover. The Steelers' offense is just bad. Um, I know they've shown some flashes defensively. The Joey Porter Jr. has been great for them this year. That said, I just – I. <laughs> they can score. That's frankly, that's that's it. I think the Jags are going to score more points than them, largely because the Steelers are going to score like probably under 17 points, if I had to guess. And I don't right. think they're going to be able to hold the Jags offense to, to 17. So maybe the Jags to win, Jags to cover on the road. Falcons at Titans here. Atlanta favored by two and a half on the road. I'm going to take the Falcons to win, Falcons to cover. Will Levis' first game. The Atlanta secondary, I think, is a little bit slept on. Jesse Bates, AJ Terrell. I don't think Will Levis has a good week. So that's kind of that's kind of my thought process here. No Tannehill. We're going to see. We're really going to find out if Will Levis can read a defense or not because we saw it week one with, with Bryce Young and Jesse Bates baited him about baited him twice and for picks. So um, I think we have a big week from Jesse Bates this week, honestly, if, if they start throwing the ball. We could also see Derrick Henry traded tomorrow. So that's another right. one. They're, set, they're major sellers right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who departs out of Tennessee. Um, that locker room is going to be interesting to see over the stretch of the season after the deadline, kind of see how they approach the rest of the season into the offseason. Um, unfortunate scenario for Tennessee. I would not want to be a Titans fan, but um, a big interconference game this week in terms of how it affects your team. Um, obviously, rooting for the Falcons, but I think the Titans are going to win and cover as underdogs, uh, being home. They don't really have a good environment at home, especially these days. But, um, you know, first start for Will Levis, like you said, I think he's going to have a good game. Um, I do think the Falcons secondary is going to play well, but I think Levis is going to do enough to get them the victory. Um, moving on here. Uh, interesting matchup here. I feel like we never see this one. Um, Texans at Panthers. Houston's fared by three. Going with Houston to win and cover. Uh, this one's pretty clear. Panthers are the only team that are still winless and the Texans have looked surprisingly good. Um, their coaching staff has been great. I know Bobby Slowick, their OC was my first choice for OC. Um, and I really like that he went to Houston. I mean, that's a good spot for him. Perfect, perfect environment. Um, and they're doing things the right way in Houston. So going with the Texans to win and cover should win that one by 10 or so, but they're on the road. So, you know, right now. Lee Slowick guy who will be interviewing with the chargers for head coaching job. I'm going to say that right now. Um, he's been great, dude. The, what he's been able to do is, and in, in, I don't want to say replicate, it's not the same, but put CJ Stroud in positions to win. Number one, been awesome. He's made him feel really comfortable. CJ's had a great grasp of the offense, so I'm not going to put it all on Bobby. It's obviously a lot of, lots, a lot of that's on CJ too. But um, And then the, the, the ability that they have had to win at the receiver position with the lack of elite talent that they, that they have there, Listen, if Nico Collins is your one, no shit to Nico Collins, he's not a wide receiver one. Tank Dell's not a wide receiver one. Robert Woods is not a wide receiver one. He was maybe a wide receiver one like for a couple years in his career. He's way past that point, at the, you know, at this point in his career. So what they've been able to do offensively, passing the ball, and win, win, just, again, just winning offensively has been really impressive. So I'm going to take him to win and cover. The Panthers look terrible. Um, 
it's not all on Bryce Young, obviously. They, you know, they weren't a quarterback away. That was the that was the mistake that they made. They weren't a quarterback away, and unfortunately, they traded away arguably their best player on the team when they got the quarterback. So that, that's that's not really a recipe for success. Carolina's in the long game here. I think they lose this one. Unfortunately, they don't have a pick next year. That, that's kind of the unfortunate part. So um, I know you had texted me that Burton's is unavailable, which I think is blasphemous from Carolina, but All right. I digress. Uh, Texans win Texans cover. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, a lot of trade deadline stuff next week on episode 59. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a full breakdown mm-hmm. of the trade deadline right as the deadline closes. Yep. Uh, moving along here, Rams at Cowboys. Big matchup here uh, between a couple NFC teams. Picking the Cowboys to win in Dallas, uh, favored by six and a half, but I'm picking the Rams to lose by less than seven to make it a one-score game. Um, the Rams have just been a feisty team this year. Sean McVay coming off the birth of his kid, gonna have some extra fire th- this week. And uh, shout out. I think uh, I think the Rams are gonna play well, but not not well enough to win this one. Uh, I got the Rams losing but covering. Um, the Cowboys are really good defensively. They are really good defensively. Um, I think that front is slept on. I don't know how it is, but that I think that front is really slept on. What they're able to do to teams from an athletic standpoint is insane. Um, they they get after it. I really think Gus Bradley's going to head coaching job this offseason, which would or Dan Quinn, which would be a shame because I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's a great coordinator. And that's about it, um, which is, I mean, there's a lot of guys that aren't good head coaches that they're defense coordinators. I mean, frankly, there's not that many defensive coordinators that can call defense and make it as a head coach. So um, that said, he's got something going there at that front. Um, they're going to be too much for the Rams to handle, I think. Uh, looking for a big win. Uh, I won't say like a big like points wise, but I think like a really big confidence boosting win against a Rams team that's arguably one of the best coach teams in the, in the league and uh, a team that's been playing in a lot of tight games this year and kept it close to a lot of really good teams. So Cowboys to win, uh, but not cover at home, but again, get a big home win for them. Vikings at Packers spreads even taking the Vikings. The Packers look bad right now. Um, I, I like them to be a little bit feisty in the NFC this year, brother. They look terrible. They looked okay. The first couple, they look bad right now. I know Bakhtiari being out has been really hard on them. And I get that. And you can't really plan for that. Although they kind of showed up to give in his health the last three years, but uh, man, they look really bad. So uh, I think we talked about the Vikings being a team that's picking in the in the Caleb Williams, Drake May range. I don't think they're going to now. They're they they they're, they're going to win a couple games. They're they're just going to luck into it. I think. I mean, they're going to win this game. They'll beat the Packers again later on. I just think that they're going to luck into some wins here. They're a talented group. When they get Justin Jefferson back, they're a talented group offensively. Jordan Addison's coming to his own. So Vikings to win. Vikings to cover the even spread, if you want to call it that. Uh, I think the spread's probably be like two, maybe to towards right. the Vikings. So. But like you get a road win here in Lambeau. Yeah, no doubt. Divisional matchup. Um, even spreads always interesting, but I'm going with the Vikings as well. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, obviously right at the front of trade rumors for a lot of the time, but coming off a couple big wins back to back. It doesn't look like anyone on the Vikings as of now is available, including Daniil Hunter. Um, I know that's a guy I really want, and I don't think he's available, at least um, now, unless something Crazy goes wrong on Sunday. I think we're going to see a lot of moves after Sunday's games. And I think Kirk Cousins does better without – he plays better without Justin Jefferson statistically. And just I don't crazy, know, by the way. Right. I don't crazy. know if it's just him like feeling like he has to get Jefferson a lot of touches. Like I feel like he's a smoother operator. He's a quicker decision maker without Justin Jefferson. And – I think they're going to hold on to Kirk, see what they can do, at least ride it out for the rest of the season, and then take it from there in the offseason and see what route they want to go. But uh, I think this is the right decision for them, um, especially since they won a couple games. I think holding on to your guys and seeing what you have over the course of a season is really beneficial to not the rebuild, but maybe the revamp to where they're just kind of doing a few different things. I mean, they could still – they should win the division. Not, Not win, but they should compete for the division. Um, if they get a couple more wins here, I think the Lions are going to win it. But going with the Vikings here, I really like what I've seen from them over the past few weeks. Saints at Colts, another game, uh, basically even spread. The uh, Saints are fared by one, and I'm going with the Colts. Um, you know, a tough trip for the Saints. Colts are 
they played really well at home. I know tough loss on the final play or final minute against the Browns. The Browns have, have so many final minute wins. So do the Steelers. It's infuriating, but whatever. Um, well, the coach teams. Well, co- well, defense for the Browns and well coached teams for the Steelers. That That's just part of it. Right. I'm picking the Colts to win this one. Um, you know, the Colts aren't a bad team. I think they just haven't gotten a consistent rhythm and they haven't really found their identity to this point, which is a little interesting. Um, yeah, I'm picking the Colts to win a close one over the Saints. You got the Colts winning as well. Indy plus one is, I feel like, is a pretty good line here. Gardner Minshew appears to be running that offense really well. Michael Pittman Jr. had a big game last week. Josh Downs the a big game last week. So if they can start running the ball a little bit better with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, kind of that, get, to get a little bit of a tandem going, I like I like their odds to be to be a thorn in the side of some good AFC teams this year. I'll put it that way. Um, Colts win at home. I, the one point spread in in favor of the Saints is weird to me being in Annapolis, but whatever. Colts to win, Colts to cover at home. Eagles at Commanders. Philadelphia favored by six and a half on the road in the nation's capital. Give me the Eagles to win. Eagles to cover the six and a half. Um, Washington for some. Godforsaken reason won the first two games of the year. Shocker. Um, they lost last week. They didn't look good. I think the Eagles, again, coming off of a tough loss. I guess not a tough loss. Lost two weeks ago. Uh, really good winning against the Dolphins this past week. And a game that I didn't watch, but was a great uni matchup per the internet. Um, I just think it's a get right game. I still think that they have struggled offensively at times this year. Um, whether that's just teams have a better game plan for them. It feels like, it feels like they haven't had two good games from, from Smitty and AJ yet. I think we get that this week with a really bad commander secondary. Someone say a prayer for Emmanuel Forbes, because if he has to go up against AJ Brown in, 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 in run defense, brother, like just, right. just get the card out for him now, get, get the oxygen for him now. Cause he's going to get lit up. Uh, I would actually love to see it. Like, love to see him in press coverage to AJ Brown and just see, like, I want to see him trying to, like, jam AJ at the line and just absolutely lit up, dude. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I don't know who he's going to jam at 170 pounds, but... Not uh, Smitty. Because Smitty's be a dog at, like, what, 160, 170? That, that dude, yeah. he don't play around. He blocks. I mean, this game... um. Is a rematch. They already had the first matchup uh, week four or five, and the Eagles won it last minute in Philly. So that's kind of why I'm picking the Commanders to cover here. I am picking the Eagles to win. Um, yeah. The Commanders to cover. I think it'll be a little closer, especially in uh, Landover, Maryland. And I think at the end of the day, the Eagles are just going to be too much. Um, I could see them even pulling away in the second half um, and not making it too close as the first game was. Moving on here. Um, the Browns at Seahawks. Seahawks fared by three and a half. I feel like that's a pretty fair spread. Seattle's looked good. Just traded Frank or signed Frank Clark, passed his physical yesterday, brought him in. Um, Frank Clark did start his career in Seattle. Uh, I feel like that's a good spot for him, especially uh, to reunite. Kind of knows the guys, um, at least some of the coaches. I think the Seahawks should win this one by five or so. Maybe like a maybe 31-27, so by four. Um yeah, I mean, the Seahawks have played well. They have some close wins as well. Not as many as the Browns, but we'll see who is better at winning close games this week. Maybe the Seahawks uh, win and cover. I think they are going to present something. I don't know if the Browns have seen a lot of this year, which is two uh, formidable offensive tackles. I know I'm not saying that either Charles Cross or Abe Lucas is like a monster, but I think these guys are formidable. I think they present a challenge that, you know, the – just that they haven't seen yet defensively for the for the the Cleveland pass rush. So I'm not saying they're gonna they're just gonna keep Miles Garrett in check, but I think I think they bring something to the table in the in the pass game from a tackle and then I think Zach Charbonnet has a big week in pass pro where they just they're gonna do something that, that they're gonna be able to give more help to Miles Garrett that other teams have been able to. Um and in that same kind of sentiment, I think that we're gonna see a big week. It, is DK gonna play? Do we know? Uh I believe he's going to they were kind of think they're okay. in the air we don't know yet uh gonna be a game time probably but he i think he's going yeah. to i think the seahawks cover this three and a half point spread just again it's it's tight um your pick kind of i don't want to say picking a winner 
because you're not in the NFL here. But I, I like the Seahawks to win in cover. I think they win by like five, maybe four. I think it's, I think it's a low-scoring game. I just don't know if the Browns are going to be scoring enough points to hang with them. You know what I mean? Right. DTR at quarterback again this week. By the way, do we know if what Devon Witherspoon said was true? I d- Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so because I've seen a lot of those dude, fake quotes, but dude, I don't that's think what I'm is. saying because I haven't been on Twitter all week, so I haven't looked. Yeah, the fake for those quote that are game has been the new trend. I sent, I didn't, I didn't think it was real. I sent, I sent a break. I go, I go, is this real? Like, there's no way. Basically, like it was a, it was like a fake. It was a picture of Witherspoon in, in an interview, Devon Witherspoon at like a, a post game or like a presser or whatever after practice, and. uh Asking about like Deshaun Watson, like his health. He's like, well, I guess the Cleveland medical staff said he couldn't go this week, and he's finally taking no for an answer. And it's like, whoa, hang on, that's a little aggressive, Devon. Like, it's take a step back, brother. Uh, so I don't know if that's le- I don't think it's legit, but I got to go chuckle out of that. So whoever made the fake quote up, props. That was funny. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those quotes are pretty funny, but it seems like more times than not and i'm having to reread it and really make sure it's not real because sometimes i'm saying i read it some people some people say some stuff and you like think it's real because they're normally pretty credible and then they'll just come out with like a random like fake report or fake quote and it's like well um that's what that's what makes twitter fun um what are we on oh ravens cardinals um sir Big trap game for the Ravens coming off their biggest win of the year. Um, I mean, they only play in Arizona once every eight years. This is going to be a close game, I think. Um, Ravens fared by eight and a half, one of the bigger spreads of the week. Still picking the Ravens to win. Uh, They need to. I would be, I mean, if they lose, then last week meant, meant nothing. And a loss going into the trade deadline is just really frustrating because it could influence a move or lack thereof. So I'm picking the Ravens to win, but Cardinals to lose by less than nine and make it a one score game. I think the Cardinals are feisty. I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play this week, but Buda Baker's back. Uh, he's back this past Sunday. So he should be playing this week. Roquan Smith missed practice yesterday. Almost gave me a heart attack, but he did return today. Fortunately, um, he should be playing this week. If he's not, then I might be picking the Cardinals to win just because of how often this happens where um, the Ravens lose again, they shouldn't, but nonetheless, picking the Ravens, hopefully they have a, you know, a clean game, not looking for a blowout. I just, I just want a clean game. You know, I'm taking the Ravens to win Ravens to cover. Um, sorry, not Ravens to cover. I'm going to go with the Cardinals to cover. Um, I was saying this game was in Baltimore when I said that um, games in Arizona, it's been a tough place to play this year. Shockingly. We talked about it all year. They've been scrappier than they should be. Um, so I think they're. I think the Ravens win, but I think Arizona covers. It's going to be a tight game. Eight and a half is a pretty big spread. So I think the Ravens. The Ravens uh, get the road win, but Arizona covers in a tighter game than expected. Chiefs at Broncos. KC fared by seven in mile or in uh, in Denver at Mile High Stadium. KC wins. KC covers. That defense is a top five defense in the league this year. They they look. I know Nick Bolton's out, but they look really good. That front looks good. The secondary's been playing lights out, too. The secondary's been awesome this year. Uh, Trent McDuffie's really, really good. Legereus has been playing like a CB1, and they've gotten really good contributions from everybody else. So, man, credit to my, to Brett Veach, man. He's drafted the crap out of that defensive side of the ball the past few years. So, um, they're really, and they're really young defensively, dude. They're, they're, Carl Loftus looked good last week. The last two weeks, honestly, looked, he looked good. Um, obviously, Sneed, uh, McDuffie, Willie Gay's been great. Uh, Brian Cook, safety from Cincinnati from two, three years ago, has been awesome. So, man, like I say, I've credit to Mike to uh, Mike. I keep saying Mike Veach, thinking Mike Leach. Um, Brett Veach, dude's been drafting the hell out of that side of the ball. So, uh, props to him. They're going to keep it rolling this week against the Broncos. Against a Broncos team that got a, a sneaky win last week, but they, listen, that Packers team is also right. terrible. So, the Broncos are just a dysfunctional dumpster fire right now, still. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Chiefs won by 10 plus, but you never know with divisional matchups, but it seems like the Chiefs always do a good job um, doing their job against the Broncos and, you know, putting them away and not really letting them compete. Um, seems most of the time when they those two face off. Uh, moving on to what could be the game of the week, Bengals at 49ers. Of course, the Bengals get lucky with Brock Purdy 
possibly not playing, getting to face Sam Darnold. Like every AFC North team gets so lucky. It's unbelievable. But Bengals at 49ers, Niners fared by three and a half. Uh, that was like a seven point line before Brock Purdy um, and his whole concussion protocol uh, were announced. Um, but I'm picking the Niners to win since he to cover. Um, I think if Sam Darnold plays, I don't know. I don't know if I trust Bengals offense enough. I still think the Niners could win even if Sam Darnold plays. Uh, but picking Cincy to lose by less than four, I mean, this should be a close game if Darnold plays and really could go either way. Give me the Niners to win, Niners to cover. Um, I just don't think it should matter, dude. I think Sam Darnold can do exactly what Brock Purdy's done all year. If anything, Sam Donald's got better arm talent than Brock Purdy. So, I, I, listen, we talk all the time about how Brock Purdy is a system quarterback. We, what the, we're going to find out this week. If Sam Darnold leads them to a win and they and they win by a touchdown or more, chalk it up, man. They should just draft a quarterback every year in the on day three. Shoot, they should draft – I'm dead serious. They should draft Sam Hartman this year and just let him sit for a year, and then when Brock's a free agent, let him walk. Seriously, why not? Can Sam Hartman not do exactly what Brock, Brock Purdy's doing? Why can't he? Right. That the offensive line's that good, the weapons are that good. Screw it, man. Why would why would they pay a quarterback? They have no need to. So uh Niners to win, Niners to cover. It's a big again, a, a get right week after two straight losses. I think this is a week that they they figure it out offensively. Um, even without Brock in the game. Sunday night football, Bears at Chargers, Tyson Bajent. Listen, we've got a senior bowl al- quarterback alumni matchup here with Tyson Bajent and Justin Herbert. Um Two guys you'd never thought you'd hear in the same sentence starting a football game against each other. Um, Chargers favored by eight and a half at home. I'd like to pick them to win by eight and a half because they should blow this team out. The Bears shouldn't win games with Tyson Bajent. They did last week. Um, they're going to be super banged up defensively. And I'm still picking them to cover the eight and a half point spread. I think the Chargers will. Listen, if the Chargers don't win this game, they should be. St- Listen, there are people that think that that they're just gonna hang on to Brand Staley the whole year, brother. If if they if they lose, send him send him to Chicago with the Bears. Put him on the put him on the Bears team plane and just let him go to Chicago. He can figure out his way home. Send him to O'Hare. Seriously, if they lose, send him send him send him to the Sun. I'm so serious right now. Get him gone. Um, I thought this was gonna be the, the Justin Fields breakout game. I've been circling this on the calendar since week one, dude. After that week one performance from the defense, I was thinking, God, this is going to be the Justin Fields throws for 400 yards a game. Circle it up. Um, I'm sure the Chargers will play like, you know, 12 yards off coverage against Tyson Bajant, you know, because because God forbid the deep ball. Um, yeah, limit the explosives with a bad secondary. That sounds like a really good idea. Um, I'll get off my soapbox for a second. Uh, Chargers have played back to back. Top five defenses, the offense hasn't looked the same. Uh, no Corey Lindsley up front's been a problem for them. Clearly, they covered or the protections have been not very good. Justin Herbert's broken middle finger appears to be bothering him a lot more than anyone's letting on. Um, a lot of discomfort in between plays for him. They still won't throw Quentin Johnson the ball. This is this is the perfect get right game for this offense for them to figure it out before they go to New York next Monday, play one of the another top five defense in football. And then, you know, I mean, they're basically they're every game right now. They're playing for the season. I still think Brandon Staley's gone regardless at the end of the year. I don't think he's coaching for his job. And I think the team is playing for their season at this point. Um, there's still a way they can make the playoffs. They got to win the next two, get to four and four and basically find an upset win late in the year and get to get to nine or ten wins. And they can get into the playoffs. I think I think they can get in at nine and eight. I think that if especially if they have a good dip, if they can beat the Raiders both times and they can sweep. The Broncos with a good division record that ups their AFC record. I think that could they they could sneak into the playoffs at nine and eight, but they got to win this one. If they don't win this one, blow it up, trade Eckler, trade trade one of the edge, trade Cleo Mack now. You're gonna cut him anyways. Trade him. Shoot, trade Eric Kendricks. Trade get get as most draft capital as you can right. now, and make Kellen Moore the head coach and say, all right, Kellen, here's your audition. Like. You get you're getting a chance, and basically it, it becomes for them. And I'm I'm going to I will not take this long on the next pick. I just wanted to this conversation I wanted to have that I just felt like this was the time to have it. If they don't, so if they fire Brandon Staley at the end of the year, which I still think is going to happen, they're going to hold out to the end of the year to fire him. 
Tom Telesco is gone. They're, they're hiring a new front office, which then begs the question, do you make Justin Herbert learn, learn a new offense or and, and allow your, G, your new GM to hire a new head coach? Or do you give Kellen Moore a shot for a year? Say, Kellen, you we don't want to make our quarterback learn a new offense. We don't want to make the, everyone else in the offense, new offense. You're going to stay for a year as the head coach. And they're going to go hire a GM who just has to deal with that. And that sucks. And that usually isn't a recipe for success. But this is also a unique situation where how often do teams with with GM with, get GM, GM openings with quarterbacks of this caliber, and and frankly rosters of this caliber, they've got really talented. They're top heavy. They've got some talented players in this team. So uh, I think the realistic thing is that everyone everyone's gone, which would suck. I think Kellen Moore's done a pretty good job with the offense thus far. I think there's some complaints that I have, but overall it's it's been fine through again six seven weeks of football, six six games. Um, but they, I think that's likely because the GMs just don't really get forced on on the head coaches. Um, rather head coaches don't get forced on GMs. Um, I would like for them to fire Brandon Staley. Like shoot, if they, if they win a two point game, three point game, and, and they have to score 35 points to win, fire him. What, what's the harm? If you're going to do it, at the, if you already know you're doing it at the end of the year, why not just give Kellen the audition? And if Kellen sucks, great. Now you can just wipe the slate clean. But if he doesn't suck, then you have a good reason for a GM to want to inherit a, inherit a head coach. That's just my take. I, there are some people who are just dead set on there. They're not going to fire him. I think that's ridiculous, but that's just me. Um, it's a get-right game for the offense, though. They, they, they should score 35 points this week. Seriously, they, they should score 35 points or more. I know Herbert's got the, the jacked-up hand. I it just doesn't matter. They they should do whatever they want against this defense. They're banged up. The the, the secondary play isn't good anyways. Jaquan Brisker's going to be out. They're going to be banged up. So they ha- they have to win this game. Frankly, they have to cover in my eyes. They have to cover for this to be a, a chalk it up as like all right, good week, fellas. Let's let's keep it pushing. They got to cover this week. So I'm going to pick the Chargers to win. Bears to cover in a roundabout way to get there. But um, this a this is a must. I mean, every game is a must win for them at this point. But this is a for the organization's sake, they have to win this game and have to to cover. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, from an outsider's point of view, I'm still picking the Chargers to win. Um, I don't know if I'm picking them to cover. I mean, I am picking the Bears to cover, but I just don't know who's going to cover. Um, I feel like the Chargers should win this. We just never know, and. I think when you really don't know going into any games that that's a coaching issue, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I agree that, you know, you make Kellen Moore the interim and let him have his audition. And then if it goes well, then, you know, he might be a front runner in your interviews. And then if it doesn't, then you can rule him out and it makes the interview process easier in the offseason, um, presumably switching to an offensive head coach. I think, I mean, the Chargers – yeah, they've had, you know, not ideal start to the season, but I think they can get right, like you said, starting this week. Um, you can get a good bit of wins here over your next six weeks, five weeks before the schedule gets tough again. Um, but yeah, it starts it starts Sunday night, and I think they should be able to have enough, have more than enough to win this game. And then last game of the week, uh, with no teams having a bye week this week is the Raiders at Lions um, picking the Lions to win and cover by more than eight What the Ravens did to the Lions last week. The Lions should do to their Raiders this week, especially being in Detroit. Um, shouldn't be that close. So Detroit should win big. Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit to win as well. Win big. Uh, I think <laughs> Raiders are just kind of a train wreck right now. Again, I, the AFC wasn't so the Chiefs has just been an absolute disaster zone. Um, like you said, made the Chargers get right. I'm very pessimistic at the, at, the, at, the, at this point with them, but again, they, they didn't get right, um, like you said. So, but the Raiders, man, they just they got to figure it out offensively. Uh, offensive line's not been very good. They won't get the ball to Devonta Adams as much as they need to for some reason. Uh, Lions win big this week, a big game for the offense. Again, a get right game for the Lions. This is a, this is a, this is the almost not say perfect. The perfect matchup would be like the Panthers, but like. This is a great opponent for them to have in Detroit at home after a, an embarrassing game last week. Embarrassing. No NFL team should get beat that bad. And not a team as good as the Lions. 
like I, I always say like the NFL is not transitive at all. Like just because A team beats B team and C team loses to B team, the A team should beat C team. Like that's just in my mind like isn't always the case. Yeah. And there's nothing on paper that said that the Ravens should have beat the Lions that bad. And they probably wouldn't beat them that bad every time that if they played 10 times, it probably wouldn't happen again. So the Lions have to get right this week. I think they do. They win by eight or eight or more. They cover at home. Uh, they win for the Lions. Rookie watch. I'm actually changing mine right now. Well, I knew I was going to change it earlier. I just kind of got to it. Um, you're going to hate it. You're probably seeing me type. You're going to you're hating yeah. it. Um, I'll start out defensive guy, Joey Porter Jr. He's been great this year, man. Um, genuinely, I, I thought the Steelers, we talked about it all year and, and you hated to admit it, which, and I'll give you props for doing it. They nailed their draft. They nailed the draft. They nailed the off season. It hasn't panned out for them because Kenny Pickett, it feels like took a step back from the way he finished the year last year, which is a whole nother conversation we can talk about later. But, um, yeah, Joy Porter Jr. has been a really good player for them. Tough week last, tougher week last week. Granted, he, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, just the Rams' offense in general is really good, um, at, especially at beating secondaries. So tough week for him, but he's been really good this year. Great game against Baltimore, uh, you know, week five. The guy's just been really good, genuinely. He's, just, he's been a really solid corner for them. I thought he got picked way too late. Uh, he got picked in the, in the top of round two. Thought he was a top. You know, top 40 player, top, I mean, shoot, I think we have top 20. I think we both had him as like a top yep. 12 player. Did we not? I, I think we were both top 20. I don't know. I'm looking right now because I've got it in front of me, or I should in a second here. Um, If it will load, but he's been great. Underdrafted guy, height, weight, speed's been awesome for them. But he's just, again, he's been, he's had some tackling issues. I'll, I'll say that. He's had some missed tackle issues. But that said, He's been in coverage. Coverage-wise, he's been really good. Um, really good for them as a rookie. So great start to his career. I know you hate to hear it, but he's been really good. And I might talk about their 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 first round pick next week because he's also been solid. So when he's played, when he's played, oh yeah, he's yeah, been he the backup been to Dan well. Moore. But he's been good when he's. I don't know why they're not going to play him, Broderick. Maybe I won't talk about because Broderick hasn't really played that much. When Broderick has played, he's been really good. They just. I, I get that like the veteran Dan Moore Jr., but guys, you picked him 17th overall. Put him in the game. Come on. Real quick, hold on, real quick. We have we both had him. You had him at 12. I had him at 13. How he went to 33, I don't know. I'm just gonna say this real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my victory lap on Emmanuel Forbes. Not a top 50 player for me. Just saying. I'm not writing him off. That's not how rookies work. You don't write a guy off after one year. Right. But I'll just say, not the biggest fan over here. You had him at like 38, so you weren't a big fan, big right. fan. So, in relation yeah. to being picked ahead of Christian Gonzalez, so right, it's I will stop now. Traits based pick mainly for Forbes. Yeah, um, if you're Steelers fan, uh, you're gonna like this episode because another Steeler is my defensive guy and Keanu Ben. D tackle out of Wisconsin. Um, he grew up in Wisconsin and he had good measurables at the combine. Um, you know, picked in the second round as well with Joey Porter a little later. Uh, I think around the 50th pick. Yeah, like I said, good combine. He's had a good year so far. Uh, one sack, a forced fumble, um, you know, average numbers for tackles, for D tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing to really say other than he's just performed well. He's performed like a, I mean, mid-second round pick. He's performed like a top-notch second round pick, I feel like. Um, just everything they've wanted in him. He's been stout, obviously learning between a great group of guys along that D line, um, doesn't hurt. So especially with Cam Hayward coming back, should help him even more kind of solidify his role. And yeah, I'm looking for big things for him, uh, from him for the rest of the season and his career. Um, but yeah, a good draft by the Steelers. Um, seems like they just took the best player available at most of the time. It just happened to be uh, more times than not at positions of need. Um, so, yeah, and I'll get to my offensive player real quick. Uh, DeWand Jones, the monster offensive tackle um, from Ohio State. He grew up in Indy. Um, yeah, I mean, 6'8", 380 about at the combine with almost 12-inch hands and 36.5-inch arms. He didn't have as bad a combine as... Orlando Brown Jr. Obviously, no one really does, but he was kind of projectable just because of the role he had. Uh, he's a better pass blocker than Orlando, but 
picked at the top of the fourth round by the Browns. He's played really well. Um, probably been the best rookie offensive lineman if, just off the top of the head. I don't think that – I mean, he's probably been the best day three guy other than Puka Nakua. Um, just hasn't really been talked about a lot. He didn't really have a solidified role until a couple weeks ago, but he's been really solid for them at right tackle. And just another good piece along that Cleveland offensive line that keeps reloading there. I'm just glad you didn't list off his other appendages and how long they were. Jesus. I thought you were <laughs> heard like this inches. That I was like, hey man, I don't we don't need the Osiris Torrance meatball sub coming in here. Right. <laughs> I have not by the way, I have not forgotten about that. We want to get to a uh, Sirens. No, 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 just, just, just basic measurables. Okay, good. Um, my, I'm sticking in the trenches this week. Uh, a guy who, again, not a great week last week, but up against the top five pass rusher in football and, and, uh, and Max Crosby last week. A guy who's maybe been quietly the second best defensive player in the league this year. Miles Garrett's been an absolute freak and just has literally dominated every game he's been in. But Ma- Max Crosby. Sleeper pick for defensive player of the year if Miles Garrett missed a couple of games. Um, so tough week last week, really tough assignment having him. But other than that, outside of that, he's had a pretty good start to his year, giving up some pressures, um, a few sacks. But I will also attribute it to the fact that Justin Fields probably holds the ball a little bit long. But darn all right, yeah. tackle out of Tennessee, pick tenth overall. Uh, a guy who we both had as a top thirty player, I think, top almost top thirty. I had at twenty seven, you had him at thirty three. A uh, guy that I really liked as a run blocker. Um, that's where he's been at his best this year is as is as a run blocker. Uh, we all, I think we both had some questions about him as a pass blocker coming into the league, kind of coming from that. I don't want to call it an air raid system in Josh Heupel's offense, but similar to an air raid, closer than you would call pro style offense uh, from an air raid. So, been awesome in the run game though. He's been mauling people. Um, been really good. Again, he's for a rookie for offensive tackles this. The second hardest position in football to play. Take quarterback away. I think corner is probably a little bit harder because you just the rules are so fixed against you. I feel like, but man, offensive tackle is tough, right? Especially as a rookie. So the guy's been really, really good. Just 22 years old. Uh, I think he's basically taken away a need for the Bears offense are kind of in the draft. I think the Bears are now they should still be looking at offensive tackle with their second pick in the draft, but they might not have to take one early because they like right. Braxton Jones enough. They can maybe take one in the second round. So they could, I, I think he, they, what Darnold Redsman will do for them as a rookie this year has, is going to allow them some freedom with whichever, wherever their pick ends up. Cause I think Carolina's is going to be one overall, which is based on kind of how they look and how the season's going to go for them. I think the rest of the year, it gives them some freedom to maybe take, maybe they take a Leatu Latu address at UCLA. Maybe they take a Kool-Aid McKinstry, maybe a Cooper DeGene. Maybe they take, Chop Robinson and Jared Verse kind of depends where they land, right? Or maybe they take an Olu Fashan, or maybe they take Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe they take Brock Bowers, two-headed monster at tight end. I don't know. Genuinely, I have no idea. But I think he frees them up to not have to take an Olu Fashan or a Joe Alt, if that makes sense. So Darnold's been really good this year. Um, he's been impressive in the run game as a rookie, and I think he's going to get there as a pass blocker. So a lot of credit to Darnell uh, in the start of his rookie career. Yeah, I know. A pick that's panned out well for the Bears to this point. I know it was kind of the first surprise. We didn't really know where Darnell would go or when he would go. It was kind of a wide range of picks that were rumored to be interested in him and nonetheless going early um, in the top 10. So that does it for our Thursday turf talk um, where we recapped or we previewed the week nine of college football and week eight of NFL. We recapped our records as Brady still has a six-game lead overall. Um, hopefully, I make up some more ground this week. We'll see. Um, and, of course, just gave you all our thoughts on four different rookies. But next Tuesday, we're going to have episode 59 coming out. We're going to kick it off with our MLB Championship Series recap as we already have the World Series matchup set. Kicking off this Friday where we're going to recap games one and two. Golf recap and preview, as always. And then NFL, we're going to talk about the injuries and then also um, the trade deadline. We're probably going to wait to record this one until the deadline closes just so we can make sure to get all yeah. the all of the trades in the episode talked about um, with our thoughts. And then NBA, NHL, we haven't figured that out yet, but we probably will have some closing it out with ice bath, as always. And that'll do it. Um, thank you all for tuning you in. Can-
if the Chargers lose, you can book it where I'm going to be breaking out head coaching candidates, and I will be going on a crazy rant if they don't fire him by Monday morning. So you guys might be in for a, a treat on, on next week's episode. I'm keeping a buck. In for a treat next week if they lose. I mean, I don't see how they lose, but we'll we'll see, you know. Um, but you never know, brother. On. You never know. Right, right. Going forward, though, I'm still sticking with the Tuesday, Thursday episodes until at least the football season concludes, both in college and NFL, just so we can get y'all our football dedicated episode. And shoot, now we're even talking about football on the Tuesday episode. Um, probably die down a little. I'm still gonna have injuries, but after the trade deadline, there's not gonna be a ton to talk about NFL wise. Um, but yeah, that pretty much does it. Like I said, our next episode will be on Tuesday per usual. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Check us out on X and Instagram at cold seat podcast. Um, been active on there, especially with NBA kicking off this week and NFL trade deadline coming up. A lot of news coming out over this next, over these next five days on Twitter, especially, but, um, Instagram has some news just a little bit delayed, Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in five days. See you guys soon.